Welcome, everybody, to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break Podcast, part of the Rocky Mountain Sports Network, presented by no one currently. Uh, So if you or anybody you know wants to go ahead and sponsor any of the RMSN podcasts, please reach out to us. But we will actually be having our first sponsor in February. So really fun news there. Uh, Anyways, uh, today's show, we're going to talk a lot about Jamal Murray, and does he have a chance to make the All-Star team uh, this year? We'll also get into a few other little uh, surprise takes I have towards the end, but for now, I got Ashar with me, and uh, happy to have you back, Ashar, and uh, happy new year, and it's uh, good to be talking nuggets. Yeah, man, good to be back, Jacob. Happy new year to all the uh, listeners out there, and uh, yeah, glad to be talking about nuggets again. There's a We've missed a lot over the last few weeks with the holidays and stuff, so good to be back. Yeah, yeah, and, and last game, you know, Detroit, it's always a good bounce back, back game for pretty much everyone but three teams <laughs> in the league that they've won against. <laughs> and uh, I've been wanting to talk about Jamal Murray possibly being an all-star this year uh, despite missing so many games. And honestly, it was something I wanted to do before even his breakout game against the Pistons. Um, And so obviously he had a really good game against the Pistons and we're not going to hold it against him by any means. Um, But I just wanted to set the tone straight right off the bat. that That's not why we're talking about Jamal Murray being an all-star this year. Um, But, you know, it felt like after the finals in that off season, a lot of the chatter was, Oh, Murray's going to be an all-star, right? And even Zach Lowe was like, I'm penciling him him in as all-star next year. Like, you know, I don't care what he does. And so now we're kind of coming back down to reality as votes start pouring in. Can Jamal Murray be an all-star, Ashar? What, what's your first – when you're first thinking about it, what, what's the first things that come to mind when you're evaluating whether he can make it? Um. So to answer your first question, can he be an all-star? I think, yeah, he can, right? I think if history's proven itself, we've seen other players, uh, Devin Booker, others that haven't had the most healthiest of the first halves, yet they still made it to the all-star game. So can he? Absolutely. Will he is another question, right? I mean, the problem with the West is that it is such a guard-heavy conference, right? There's so many good guards in the Western Conference. I mean, uh, so... If you if you include him, who do you who do you take out? You have Luca, you have Steph, you have um, Shea, right? All those other guards. So mm-hmm. it's it's tough to say. I mean, I think his stats back it up. Certainly, I mean, he's averaging twenty points, six assists, four rebounds. That I mean, points and assists. I think those are both career highs for him. So I think he's having an All Star caliber year. Nuggets are third in the Western Conference. I know that makes a huge difference, right? So they want to see good players on good teams and the success of the overall team. Um, and, you know, th- the way I look at it, Jacob, is when I mean, you have a top team in the West, Nuggets seem to always be that one team that outside of Jokic, we get a lot of folks that are forgotten. Like last year, there was a huge push to try to get Aaron Gordon in, right? Which arguably he had the best statistical year. And we were what, like first or second seed, I think, heading into the All-Star break, something like that. And yet we couldn't, you know, Gordon didn't make it. It was just Jokic. So I'd like to see this be the first year and maybe, maybe ever. I don't think Denver's ever had two all-stars. Um, 
That's actually a great question that we'll have to look up. I want to say maybe when Iverson probably when yeah, that's where I was going. Either when Iverson and maybe Billups as well in one of those years. If we had one, yeah. Year. yeah, maybe yeah, one year with I'm, Iverson and Iverson and Mello or Chauncey and Mello would be my guess. Is it if we ever yeah. had one that that's probably the one and only time. But again, I think Nuggets are long overdue, right? So. Um, yeah. you're always gonna whether Murray makes it or not. I mean, even if he makes it, then you can make an argument for those that didn't that you know they could have easily have made it as well. So, um, he's never gonna get the fan votes, right? Because and I think the fan votes is kind of a joke, anyways, because that's more of like a it's more of a popularity he's, contest. He's also opinion. not deserving of a starter spot. I mean, let's no, be honest, no, 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 so definitely not. Doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I think he can, and I, I uh, if the Nuggets continue to do well over the next you know, few weeks, I think he actually will get in. Okay, so you're of the opinion that he will if they I do think well. He will. Okay, he, do you think if if the team does well or if yeah. Murray does well? What's what's because you said that if they do well, so you think team success will triumph any stats that he's putting up in that time period? Yeah, so I'm going to assume that his stats are more or less going to be the same, 26 and 4. So if his stats stay consistent, right, mm. I think if the Nuggets continue to play well and, they, and they're still a top three seed in the Western Conference when it's all said and done, I think that will be enough to get Murray in. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, looking at Murray's stats, it's kind of hilarious. He's kind of right on par with last year almost. Yeah. Um, you know, he's averaging 20 and a half points right now. His – Career high was actually the the um, season that he tore his ACL, which he was at uh, just over 21. So not a huge difference, right? Uh, but last year he averaged 20. This year's average, averaging 20.6, almost identical field goal attempts and makes. Uh, he's up a tiny bit this year on on attempts, 0.1, actually. Um, his efficiency has gone up to kind of where it was pre-injury. So that's, yeah. of course, a good thing. And he is shooting a career high from 30 at 41.7. He's been in kind of a, a recent slump until that Pistons game. Yeah. Uh, he had missed a bunch in a row because he was at he was hanging around 43% for a few uh, games there. But that got dragged down a little bit. And so his free throws are back up to kind of pre-injury level. Uh, and then... His assists, 6.2, tied with his career high that was last year. Uh, so I think he probably still has some room there to add on to that stat, particularly. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of ironic that he's averaged four rebounds even for four straight years now. Yeah, yeah. Or four, four, four straight playing seasons, I should say, because obviously he missed two. Uh, so I don't, you know, that's probably indicators that's probably always going to be there. Um, but it's plus minus this year at 6.9 up from 4.6, uh, which is probably a combination of him being healthier and then Porter also being healthier. Yeah. Because uh, because pre-injury, he was at 6.3. So it's not like out of this world jump, but it's it's significant. Yeah. Yeah. So and then we, we do have, you know, a game like uh, I forget which game he had left. He had like three points in. Uh, so. When you're counting out of 24 games, that's dragging it down again. Yeah, it was the, I think it was the OKC game where he had like nine or something, right? So that that certainly. Yeah, I think he left in the second quarter. He had gotten hurt. I, yeah. That might have been the hamstring when the hamstring was pulled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, 
And then actually it was, I know what you're talking about. There was another, there's actually two of them. There was one against Chicago where he played like 10 minutes. And then, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. And then OKC just had a, just had a bad game. But yeah, those two certainly brought his averages down. But I mean, I think so for Murray, because I think Malone made this, you know, during the offseason that it was like a personal challenge to him saying that, look, we know you can turn it on when the lights are the brightest and when we need you the most in the playoffs, right? But you need to have that same level and that same gear consistently for an entire year. And if you do, he's like, I absolutely expect Jamal Murray to be an all-star. So see what you had mentioned about, well, his, his stats are almost identical to last year, right? And if he didn't get in last year and arguably Nuggets had a better record and they were higher up in the mm-hmm. Western Conference, well, then how or why would he get in this year? That's the that's the reverse side of that, right? So because of that, I can also see him not making it. Again, I still expect that he will, but I would understand why he did it if, if he doesn't end up making it just because his stats are almost identical from last year. Yeah, and, and he does. There is also a, a few other factors with players, right? So you have Damian Lillard, who went east, Yep. yep. right? And you have John Morant, who... If John Moran gets voted in as an all-star, I will be very disappointed. Yeah. That is not enough games to, to have. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think those two are probably, obviously Lillard, but John Moran also being out of the mix. Uh, but, I mean, you do have De'Aaron Fox having a fantastic season. Uh, Booker is kind of right on that edge, too. Of, I'm not sure if he's played he's, enough. But right. he's, he's similar to Murray. Like, Murray hasn't – I mean, he's played 24 games, I believe, this year. I want to say, yeah, 24 games out of 30. What are we at? 36? Yeah, sounds right. Um, so, yeah, it's tough. But I, I do actually expect Murray to have better stats by the end of the year because he's like, man, he had a rough start to this season. I mean, he, he came out the gate firing it. But then, of course, getting a hamstring and then getting bilateral ankle sprains. Like, right, right. How do you balance yourself? You know, how do you stay conditioned when you have all that in your lower body going it's on? True. Right. So I think he's been hobbled at times and it kind of seems like that every year. But this seems like a little like a particularly worse stretch for him injury wise. But I'm wondering, is there enough time? You know, I, I can see him going on a stretch averaging 27 points a game or something along those lines for 10 games. But I'm not sure if he has enough time and who gets pushed out of the all-star mix, right? Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I mean, the other thing to consider, though, Jacob, is, I mean, mean, the Nuggets have had the most back-to-backs and the Nuggets have had the most, I think, we've played the most games. I think we're one of the, we've played some of the most road games in the league as well. So I think those are also factors to think think about. So we're not going to have, I don't think we have another back-to-back in a while now, right? We have a big stretch of a lot of home games. So I think that's going to bode well. And, you know, if he can average, I don't know, 25 plus, 26 plus over the next few games, stretch of games, that's going to bring his averages up, certainly. So if he can somehow bring his total from 20 points a game to like 22, 23 maybe, right? Is that enough to get him over the hump? It's possible, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's Maybe. there's a there's a lot of. But to your point, is there enough time? Right? Is there enough time for all that to happen to uh, to get it done? Yeah, I think our next back to back is the end of this month. Yeah, it's twenty third and twenty fourth. Um, so we have what is that? 
six more games before our next back-to-back, which is kind of unheard of because, like you said, we, we've had a tough schedule, and that kind of aggregates when you have injuries. But I did want to kind of get into who is going to be in the All-Star mix and then who would, yeah. would we push out for Murray, right? So, uh, obviously, I think you got Luca in that starting five. Uh, you got Jokic in that starting five. You probably have LeBron because he's going to win votes. Uh, and he probably deserves it too. He's been pretty good this year. Yeah. Um, you probably have Shea in there, I would assume, being yeah, a starter. For sure. And I, I mean, who takes the fifth spot is the, is the question right now, I guess. It, yeah. Cause there's a lot of good guards, right? Went in that. I think Kevin Durant, maybe. I think he's yeah, a forward. I mean, Durant would be classified as a forward. So is it James Harden? Yeah. <laughs> James, I think it would be James, Kyrie, or Anthony Edwards, one of those. You know, I really don't want James Harden. I'm I'm sorry. I might be a a a, a hater, but I I really would be disappointed to see uh James, James Harden, Harden I hope not. being in the starting lineup. But hey, do you remember um, the was it last year, the year prior, where Andrew Wiggins somehow made it right, and he had no oh, business yeah, being the, in the All Star game, Golden State bump, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, let me let, let's see who's the top vote getters right now. So your guards, so oh, I guess Curry might might make that third spot. Actually, yeah, now that I'm looking at it. Because, yeah, you're going to have LeBron and, wow, Kevin Durant is ahead of Jokic right Jokic, now. Jokic, yeah. That's why I say it's always a popularity contest in the you know, in the fan voting. It's never based on who actually deserves it. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say let's let's just go with probably Doncic, Curry, Shea, LeBron, and, and Jokic. That's uh, fair. Jokic, Jokic gets the Serbia bump. He gets a whole country to vote for him. So I'm sure he'll end up being starter. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, at that point, so your two backups for guards, right, is probably going to be Harden and Irving, I would presume. Um, and then your two backups at forward is going to end up being Durant, KD, and Davis. And Davis. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that puts you at nine spots. Now, Anthony Edwards is definitely going to make it. For sure. Right? And he deserves it. He so that's 10. He, yep. Um, Kawhi is definitely going to make it. Uh, he's been like 2019 Kawhi this year, which yep. kind of scares me a little bit. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you only have two wild card spots at that point. So Murray would have to fight off the lights of Paul George, um, De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Alperen Sengun. Uh, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, maybe Chet. There's been a lot of chatter about Chet being an All Star. You can make an argument for yeah. it. You could make that argument as well. I'm sure OKC podcasts are making that argument as we speak. So, 
Yeah, I mean, based on this year's play, and I guess not as much clout, would would you think Chet's an All Star over Murray? Boy, that's a that's a good question. Yeah, it's his defense has been phenomenal, and it's hard, right? Because we're we're, we're unintentionally biased, right? Because oh, well, it's just in the nature of yeah. being a fan, right? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it, but I probably wouldn't pick it. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Like, I wouldn't be upset if it happened, but yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick it either. Yeah, and then you got there's also the Wembenyama hype. Wembenyama is not an all star. Um, no. sorry to break it to everybody, but he's on one of the worst teams in the league, and you just don't you don't make an all star team. No, when you're in that position, and if not he when, does, then the coaches are on one. Right, <laughs> not when you have Chet that has almost similar stats, right? At least from an offensive perspective. Yet he's got much yeah. better defensive stats, right? Yeah, and, I. Go no, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I I can't bump Deer and Fox. I think Deer and Fox is an all star. Uh, so that last spot, I, I, I mean, I think Murray has a good chance to make it. I, it's either it's really just between him, Paul George, Paul George. and Sangoon to me, because Sangoon's yeah. also been really good this year, um, and he's been the best player on his team. I doubt Sengun gets in just because where the Rockets are in the standing. So to me, it's really yeah, they've dropped to, a little bit. Yeah, I think it's going to be Paul George versus Murray. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll have to see because that's kind of a coaches and is it GMs and coaches? I think it's just the coaches. Oh yeah, I don't think the GMs. Yeah, I think it's just the coaches and uh, you know if if the Nuggets get respect from being a championship team, which I think they do have some respect around the league. I think I think that could be enough for them to say, "Hey, Nuggets are deserving of having two All Stars. They probably should have had two last year. They didn't get it. We should get them yeah. two this year." Yeah, yeah. The fact that a championship team didn't have two All Stars, I mean, right? That's it's pretty rare, um, or at least two All Star level players. I, right. I mean, I don't, I don't think Clay made the All Star team the year that Golden State won the twenty two championship. If I remember correctly, I'll have to look back at that. But might have just been it, Curry. Yeah, it's pretty rare though that that happens. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, I yeah, I think I I would pick Murray over Paul George at this point. I think he deserves it. And <laughs> I mean, Murray's Murray, man, and we know who playoff P is. We've seen that firsthand. So I know we're holding it against him in a regular season All Star, but. Uh, yeah, Murray's just been. If if anything, he just deserves it based on a, on a championship. Championship, yeah. And I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. If the Nuggets can hold off the Clippers for a better record in the top three seed, I yeah. don't know how you could give the Clippers two All Stars because, like you said, Kawhi's going to make it. But I don't know how you could say Kawhi and Paul George make it with the Clippers having a worse overall record compared to Jokic and Murray. So yeah, I think that's what Did- it's going to come back. Did we omit Harden from the roster? That's a good question. Did we? I think we might have. I think we might have as well. So I guess because so, yeah, because I said I, Irving, I didn't say Harden, and Harden's fourth in vote getting in the guards right right now, which is absolutely insane to me. I don't feel like coaches are on Harden's side though. <laughs> so no, I don't either. I still think I mean it'll come down to Paul and Murray. Yeah, you can probably throw yeah. Harden in the mix, maybe one of the three of them. But again, 
if you're a coach, I think it's going to be tough for them to choose two all-stars from a Clippers team that will likely be um, lower in the rankings than the Nuggets. I mean, I think they're not. Let's see what the standings are right now. I'm just curious. They are. So the Clippers are fourth with at 22 and 13 and the Nuggets are 26 and 12. So they have about a two and a half game lead over the Clippers right now. Yeah, I think he does. The only other thing that might be a benefit to Murray not making the all-star team is the contract implications that come with that. Um, I, the Supermax. Yeah. So yeah. it might be a blessing if he doesn't make it because <laughs> not to try to take away any man's money because I would never uh, suggest such a thing, but that would make it easier for the Nuggets roster building in the future. if he, That's true delays it one year because he he might make it next year if he doesn't this year i mean he probably has a greater chance to i should say especially if the nuggets go back to back so uh <laughs> it might be bad timing for him to make an all-star team ironically since he didn't sign the extension this year um but yeah i at the end of the day i'm not gonna be really, like too upset if he doesn't make it i wonder if he will because he seemed he, he, he probably will hold it. Yeah, it does, yeah. does seem like that. So, But maybe that'll bode well for us because, I mean, if he has uh, another chip on his shoulder, another grudge, and he's like, look, I'm going to prove the rest of the year into the playoffs again that you guys made a huge mistake not selecting me. Right, no. right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for my Murray All-Star take. Any, any other thoughts on that? I'll just leave it at this. If Jokic continues to just defer everything to Murray over the next, you know, three, four weeks, then <laughs> it's going to be a lock. I think it wouldn't surprise me if Jokic, you know, deep inside was like, you know what? I really don't care about my stats as long as we're winning. And as long as I can continue to defer, and if that means Murray's doing well, and I only put five, six, seven, eight shots a game, I will be happy to defer and help get my uh, friend and teammate in the all-star game. Yeah, he'll kill two birds with one stone. He'll eliminate himself from the MVP conversation and he'll make Murray an all-star. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this and is my dream. As long as Nuggets <laughs> keep winning, I think it's absolutely what Jokic would want. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, moving on from that, um, I did have a few little things I wanted, we, I wanted to touch on before uh, we got out of here. Uh, the first thing is uh, Jonathan Kaminga's comments after – getting benched against the Nuggets um, and not playing the final 18 minutes of the game. He had leaked to Shams that he didn't think Steve Kerr was the coach for him. Yeah. And, you know, it made me think, because I, I feel like there's been a, a handful of times that the Nuggets have destroyed teams. And this, I mean, with Kaminga, they're not the sole reason, obviously. There's a lot of reasons that go into it. But it's funny, after a Nuggets whooping and one of the greatest comebacks the Nuggets have ever had, that he comes out and says this. And I got to thinking, we kind of also blew up the Suns, in a sense, this last year. Like, they, yeah, we, we beat them in the playoffs, and they immediately, like, we have to do something, and they trade for Bradley Bill, and it's not looking great for the Suns right now. The third thing is, and this is not necessarily a blow up, but we also beat the Blazers in the in that first round uh, when we were starting Compazzo and Austin Rivers. That's right. And that next year they traded uh, 
everybody. They traded McCollum. They traded um, Norman Powell. They traded Covington. They pretty much remade their whole roster and almost tanked uh, right after that season. And so now I'm thinking, I feel like there's a pattern here where sometimes the Nuggets just destroy teams' morales and they end up making all these moves. And I'm wondering... Man, I wonder if we were like that last game that the thun- that the Warriors were truly the Warriors before they started to blow up some stuff. Now, I don't think they're going to trade Curry or Thompson, but uh, a, a Kaminga trade means that they probably have to move Wiggins with him because of salary uh, to get a, a, a player on a max contract or a, a high-paying contract because Kaminga's still on his rookie deal. Rookie deal, yep. Uh, so just curious what you think of that take. Cause I, I feel like it's been like kind of a small pattern, but I, I just think it's kind of funny. Well, I mean, I almost compare it to, I mean, it, it, what nuggets have gone through with Malone and, you know, at times the way he handled Porter right early on, there would have been times where Porter was frustrated with his lack of playing time as well. Young player, you know, coach wanted to go with someone more experienced with that. And that used to happen with Will Barton, right? It used to drive me crazy. It's like, don't play Will Barton over Michael Porter. That mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. But Kaminga has a, Watson over Michael Porter. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I think I think Kaminga ha, ha, has a point, right? So as a young player, you're only going to get better with playing time. And he was playing well against the Nuggets, right? He, he ended up playing 19 minutes, but he had like 16 points that game, if I, if I remember correctly. And he was good playing good on the defensive side as well. I know why Steve Kerr is decided to go with Wiggins because a lot of the game he was putting Wiggins on Murray um, mm-hmm. and uh, Porter as well at times. I think Wiggins was playing great defense. So I don't think it was a matter of, hey, I'm going to play, uh, you know, I, I intentionally am going to try to play Wiggins over Kaminga. He went with the flow and he kind of said, hey, you know what? Wiggins is playing well, both on offense and defense. They just stuck with it, right? I don't think it was intentional that he wanted to get Kaminga minimal playing time. But it's 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 more so I think Steve Kerr's comments afterwards or his response to what Kaminga said, right? Where he was like, "Look, I'm probably the most uh, open coach there is, where or at least approachable coach there is. Where if there's yeah. if there's an issue, every one of my team knows they can come to me. I have an open door policy. Come to me, and we'll figure it out, right? So the fact that Kaminga went public with it and didn't you know address it with Steve Kerr, it's an interesting take, right? I mean, is 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 Golden State foolish enough to trade probably their best youngest asset they have? I don't think so, right? I don't think they're going to give up on him. Um, who else do they have, right? I mean, Thompson's probably not going to be back next year. I would be surprised if he is. I mean, I don't think it's a good move to bring him back, right? I mean, he's not having the greatest year. So I think they're going to have to rely on some of these young players. And I think Kaminga is one of the core fundamental players that they're going to rely on because he's gotten better with playing time. It's not like he's a bad player. And I think if it, it, this is not like the James Wiseman situation where they traded him to Detroit because they just, they were just done with him and they knew they could get nothing. Kaminga's played well. Second round picks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, either way, I'm enjoying the, the golden state rough and tumble. Uh, I've <laughs> had enough of their fans uh, for the last eight years. Um, and I, it's kind of interesting that it seems like the baton went from the Warriors to the Nuggets in like a whole single year. And I'm glad we don't have to compete with them, their old selves, because that's one team where I'm like, I'm not sure if a full strength, all cylinders going Nuggets team does beat a team like 
you know, the 2022 20, even yeah. Warriors. That's a tough matchup. So, no. And there's, you know, Jacob, I'll just mention there's, all, there's always been a lot of talk about the similarities between the Nuggets and the Warriors when the Warriors were in their dynasty, right? So, yeah. they drafted extremely well between uh, Clay Curry and Draymond Green. Nuggets did the same thing, right? With uh, Michael Porter, uh, Jamal, and Nicola, right? So, the way I kind of look at it is if the Nuggets want to continue to build on that foundation, it's been a combination of relying on the young players, developing them, free agents, and coaching. That's what it's come down to. So Nuggets are probably the closest thing that I see right now um, to a, a team that can not just repeat, but would have surprised you to be, have that same dynasty level of play that the Golden State had because I still believe you know Jokic is the best player in the league, and when you turn it on in the playoffs the way that we know he and Murray and others are, I don't think we're going to lose to anyone, right? So as long as this team can continue to stay healthy, the blueprint from the Warriors is there. I think the Nuggets were, I mean, they're going to have a chance every year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and one last thing before we get out of here, since you're the MPJ guy, I did want to talk about the MPJ comments. Yeah. Uh, and it was really interesting. I, when I first saw it on Twitter, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> here we go. And then I, I watched the post-game conference, and it was a lot different than what it kind of seemed on the surface. Yeah. He was very much more uh, introspective. He was asked a question. He didn't say it in a whining way. He, he basically said that, you know, the offense is different first quarter, fourth quarter, you know, the flow that he has to find shots in the flow of the game and be super aggressive. And sometimes him, and he mentioned Gordon and KCP, you know, don't get a ton of shots. Um, and, to me, it was something that they probably have talked about already. I doubt this is the first time Malone's hearing this. Uh, if it is, that's concerning. But because of the attitude and the nature of the Nuggets, I'm sure this is something that is an open dialogue. And I appreciated Porter's honesty. And I think he's right. They need to find a way to have better. I mean, despite how the Nuggets look at peak moments of ball movement, yep. it's not consistent. There still is a lot of Jokic and Murray moving around, and then everyone just kind of standing and watching in their spots and waiting for a double team or waiting for an overhelp. And I feel like there can be more of a flow offense built in that includes actions because right now the Nuggets rely heavily on the three-man action between Jokic, Murray, and Gordon. And then they got the two spacers on the wings, KCP and MPJ. Yeah. And to me, I think MPJ is right. Case he he should not have the same kind of role as KCP in the offense, right? Given to where he's gotten back to now, right? Because we we saw him slump a little bit. He was coming off injury last year. I think these last him ten games have showed like MPJ is probably as good as he's ever been, mm -hmm. uh, and he probably deserves to be integrated a little bit more because you're going to need that optionality to repeat. You can't just do the same thing year after year. thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, to your point, if you look at the comments, I mean, they were right after that Orlando game. And it, I think it was Michael Porter was more talking about, so it was a game where he was 9 of 14, 4 of 6 from 3. He was having a great night. And Jamal Murray was not, right? Jamal Murray was struggling, especially late in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was a lot of hero ball that you think you saw from Jamal Murray that a lot of fans were kind of frustrated. So... And I, I, I put a lot of blame in personally, at least for that game, Jacob, 
on Malone, right? I mean, yep. in that fourth quarter, Malone's got to be able to recognize and say, hey, you know what? Jamal's not feeling it. We got to figure something else out or at least try something different. And I think that's what MPJ was talking about. Look, if Jamal isn't feeling it and stuff, try to get him more involved in the game, especially when he was playing as well as he was offensively. And that doesn't happen, right? Because how often have we seen that if MPJ wasn't playing well, I mean, Malone is not, he's not shy to pull him, whether it's for, you know, Bruce Brown last year or this year, Peyton Watson or Brown or whoever, right? The point is that he has no issue pulling Michael Porter in the fourth quarter if he needs to. He needs to have that same mentality. And I don't think he had the, uh, I won't say guts, but he didn't have the, he didn't want to put be put in a position where he was justifying benching Jamal Murray for Reg Jackson, for example, right? Because Jamal wasn't playing well. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's never going to bench a Jamal or a Nicole Jokic, no matter how bad they're playing. Anybody else on the team, I think he can, I mean, He'll bench any of those guys if he has to, but I don't think he benches those two. So I think there was merit behind what Michael Porter Jr. was saying because, again, I don't think he meant for the whole season per se. It was, I think, a direct reflection of that Orlando game that he probably feels a little frustrated knowing that he was playing well, others weren't. So it would have been nice to have Malone at least try to get him shots or get him open or do something to get him more involved in that game because how often have you seen where you know Michael Porter may start out get off to a good start in the first half and they kind of fade away in the second half, right? And he never touches the ball. And it's like, to me, that's not it's not the player. That's the coaching, right? It's got to be something that they've got to be talking about during the timeout saying, guys, we got to move the ball around. we got to get Mike more involved in the game. He's been playing well. He's one of those rhythm shooters where when he's hot, he needs more shots and he plays with more confidence. And all of a sudden, you take that away from him and he gets cold. His confidence goes down. And he's not the same player. So, you know, I, I think to your point, we can't just do the same thing that we did last year in the playoffs. Teams will figure some of that out, and you're going to need a guy like Porter to step up. So that's where a lot of these games during the regular season are so critical for his confidence and just overall success. So, no, I don't think he was wrong, and I think he did it in a very professional manner where he wasn't just proactively complaining. He was responding to a question, and I think his response was spot on. Yeah, and I think Porter probably deserves to have – you know, a little bit more action at this point. Like he's sacrificed a lot. He's been a good teammate. He's not pouting. You know, I like four, like three or four years ago, to me, Porter was a red flag for asking out in a few years. Like this, like this year, if it was me thinking a few years ago, this year would have been the year where it's like, nah, trade me, right? But he's not that guy. And he's right. he's developed into that team player and he's he's, he's a, bought in. Uh, yeah, he's a bought in and he's adopted the Nuggets culture. And so he needs to be rewarded for that. And to me, Michael Porter is still developing. Like we need to be, I know we, we talk a lot about the young guys getting better in this and that they can still develop Michael Porter. He's not a finished product. No, they can still develop offense around him. And honestly, this last game against the Pistons, it looked different. Like I thought Jokic looked for him on purpose a bunch of times. I agree. I, I thought guys really, Made no trying to get like, Yeah, and he yep. and he played great. He he had the second. Mo- it's kind of funny because Murray had twenty four shots <laughs> the next game, but he had you know he went seven for twelve. He was super aggressive when he got it. You know he's going to the rim like I've never seen before. Like some of those euro steps and finishes yeah, are like absolutely. came out of nowhere. And and he still has moments where it's like oh that didn't look really good, um, but like he needs to just. Trial by that's what the regular season's for. Trial by fire, keep going through it. And by the time the playoffs rolled around, hopefully there's been enough 
experimentation that Porter can do more than be a spot-up shooter. If they're icing out Murray out of pick and rolls, Porter needs to be that guy where it gets released to and he can make good decisions and score. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so no, I, I agree. I mean, I'll just remember the Golden State game. Um, if you recall, Jacob, Porter actually wasn't having a great game, but but Watson was, right? And Watson was getting, I think he had a, almost a career high. He had like 19 points. He had a really good game. And he played key minutes in the, in the fourth quarter down the stretch. He hit that critical three-pointer. And yep. if you look on the sideline, every time one of the first people getting up to applaud him was Michael Porter Jr., right? Yep. I mean, so he's he's one, like you said, he's, he's sacrificed, I think, the most out of anyone on that team. He's bought into the system. And if he knows that, look, he's not playing up to his standards – and someone else is playing better, and coach puts Watson in or Brown in or whoever for that given game, any given game, he doesn't he, he doesn't get upset. He doesn't get, you know, pout about, well, I should have been in the game. You know, I'm the starter. I should be closing. No, he, he's like, look, I'm a 100% team player. If there's someone else that's playing better and going to help us get the win and I don't play, that's absolutely fine with me. And that's how I think that that culture, Malone's culture in general, is all about team basketball to get people to buy in. And, um, you know, I don't, but again, it makes me wonder if that or that Orlando game. I think again, it was the polar opposite where we were down by 18 in the fourth to Golden State, and now we were up by 18 in the fourth against Orlando. Yet we let that slip away, like that Tell game was. was. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I love Murray, but I think again, it was just a little bit too much hero ball. And if if he, if Malone would have pulled Murray and brought in Jackson, or at least in the last shot said, "Look, this is going to be designed for Nicola," and let Nicola take that last shot again. I would have much rather prefer that versus Murray just dribbling and dribbling and now it's too late and it was a shot clock violation, right? Or the game was over. That was frustrating. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, super excited to uh, get into January here. I think it's we're primed for a winning streak. Uh, we have the Jazz on Wednesday. Yep. 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 So hopefully that should be an easy win. But uh, for now... That's all, and we will see you again probably tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break Podcast, part of the Rocky Mountain Sports Network, presented by Nobody. Thanks, Ashar. Thank you.